Welcome into the inaugural edition of the EP Podcast. I'm Austin Horton, executive producer of The Big Show and here at the Zone Sports Network, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone in Salt Lake City, radio home of the Utah Jazz. Excited to uh, still have a, a, a microphone and an ability to talk to you and share some thoughts with you and opinions that I have on the topics of the day, be it sports related or not. Obviously, these times we're all living in and through right now, uh, sports is uh, on the back burner. Although here at the sports station, that's what we talk about. That's what we forward. That's what we like to focus on and enjoy. And so there's a lot of that still going on as it connects uh, to and through uh, the the, uh, coronavirus, COVID pandemic and outbreak. And uh, look, it's scary for everybody. Everybody is being impacted. There has been heartbreak. There has been, uh, you know, good news. There's been positives. There's been negatives. Obviously, no secret that recently, personally in my life, experienced a lot of good dear friends who whose lives were impacted uh, uncontrollably by this disease and pandemic. And I'm under no illusion that I'm alone in this situation. I know that there are everyone listening to this uh, has somebody or has been themselves impacted. And I, I pray with you all. I pray with and for all of you. Uh, I don't know uh, that uh, there, there's anything else that needs to be said other than we, we got to get through this together. And I, I'm, as we continue to social distance and be responsible with masks and gloves when we're out in public and everything that doctors and CDC tell us to do, do it. Even if you think that's silly or that's ridiculous, just do it. Put a mask on. Look like a look look weird when you go into the store. The good news is right now everybody looks weird. It, 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 we all look the same. So swallow your pride. Do what needs to be done, and we will get through this. I have no doubt that the the history books will look back on this moment and will be proud to say that we lived during these times and stood up against it and fought it and eradicated it as best we possibly could. And we just got to trust in each other, trust in God above, and get through this. And and I know we'll do it. All right, uh, that stuff out of the way. Here's a couple things that have been happening in sports and otherwise that I wanted to talk about. First of all, I want to start with, if you missed the segment from the big show that we did with uh, RVs for MDs, Peter Brownstein, the the local uh, contact for that. You can find them on Facebook, RVs, R-V-S, number four, M-D-S, RVs for MDs. This program that is matching up doctors, nurses, medical professionals with unused or or, uh, ability to donate trailers and RVs so that they can go to the front lines of our hospitals and our clinics and work with the sick public and get people healthy and save these lives and risk infecting themselves at the same time and still get to go home and have the ability to be safe, to be isolated, but still be with and near their loved ones. So, so cool. So, such a cool cause and so honored to have had Peter Brownstein on to share that cause. Also tickled that we had the Taylors on Mark and Emily and their young eight-month-old Mark Jr. on the show as well their newborn Mark is a a resident surgeon uh, here in the valley Emily his wife and their brand new eight-month-old baby Mark at home of course this is weighing heavily on their minds at this time and of course this is something that would exactly help them in their situation so uh, just a snippet from Peter talking about the cause and then a little bit from Emily and Mark he's from RVs for MDs. We welcome Peter Brownstein to the big show. Peter, first and foremost, thanks for joining us. And how are you? Pretty good. And thanks for having me on here. 
Well, let's talk about overall what you're trying to get accomplished with RVs for MD uh, RVs for MDs. Yep. Um, basically, trying. It started as a very casual group with some folks down in Texas, uh, all volunteer group uh, that started assisting medical professionals and owners of RVs during time of a national crisis to basically provide folks with opportunities to isolate from their families in situations where um, they're getting exposed. And I'd also like to add, in addition to it, having started with MDs, it really addresses all sorts of um, EMTs, medics, firefighters, respiratory therapists, ICU techs, all all the folks who are putting uh, their lives and their families' health on the line uh, at this time. So if I understand this properly, uh, those campers that are donated for use are then, what, parked in the driveway so that a family member can be nearby the family house and uh, still stay separate? That is generally what is happening, Um, sometimes parking in driveways, sometimes in streets, sometimes nearby. But it's basically provide minimal emotional disruption, uh, but enough physical distancing to keep everyone safe. But this RVs for MDs cause, I want to hear from Emily first. How did you guys hear about this? And uh, what kind of a situation are we looking for that we can help you guys get to a situation where Mark can still be with you while keeping everyone safe as possible? Yeah, I actually stumbled upon it. You know, um, the spouses or partners of any type of doctor um, really like to stick together. So I actually was introduced to the Facebook group um, in particular through a friend of mine who uh, her husband is a surgery resident as well. And um, she is in a position where uh, her, her young child has asthma and she um, has kidney disease. And so this was at the front of her mind as well. Um, and so she was, you know, sending it to me as like, hey, I'm, I'm going to look into this. This would be great um, to keep everybody safe. You know, you should look into it, too. So I did some more exploring, and it looked like it was in its early stages in Utah. Um, but, yeah, but we figured that um, what we would like to have happen is to have an RV, you know, parked in the front of our house so that, um, if and when the time comes that my husband is put in a position where he's been for sure exposed to a patient or he becomes symptomatic, which is the time where um, me and the baby are the most at risk, um, we have a place that um, is safe for him but still close enough that, you know, we can see each other in the front yard, you know, instead of having him go to a hotel or something that would cost us a lot of money. So that's really why we've tried to do some digging and exploring um, with this program. It would just offer us, I think, a lot of peace of mind. And not to mention, it would help my husband because it's hard to be away from your family. And it's even harder to be away from your family when you don't feel good um, or you're anticipating becoming ill. So we feel like this option would offer us um, a, a way of keeping ourselves healthy, but also keeping us 
sane and connected as much as possible. Uh, such a such a great cause and such a great idea. And Mark, from a, a medical standpoint, what kind of a what kind of a self or a, an isolated situation is best? How would having an RV keep you guys safe while still keeping you near each other? You know, it's kind of hard. We've we've prior to hearing about this, we've tossed around the idea of. You know, if I were to get exposed, um, would we try to isolate me in a bedroom? Um, but, you know, even then, if we're in the same house, undoubtedly my wife and child are going to be exposed um, through just virus particles in the air or um, if we you know, accidentally use the same bathroom handle or even if we're trying to stay as clean as possible. So this um, option was, seemed really ideal because... While we wouldn't be living together, um, obviously, I would still be able to see them um, as much as possible um, and, and be close to them, but also be keeping them safe. All right. Awesome. Our thanks to Peter Brownstein of RVs for MDs and, of course, Mark and Emily Taylor. Uh, please, if you have an unused or unwanted trailer or RV and the ability to uh, donate that for the time being, you're not really going anywhere and doing anything with it right now anyway. Why not put it to good use? And as I mentioned a few moments ago, when history looks back on this moment, you can be proud that you were part of the solution, that somebody like Mark and his family are sacrificing themselves so that this world can be safer and cleaner and healthier and we can do just a little bit uh, uh, to, to donate something for the time being that we're not using anyway. It's beautiful. So please go ahead and be part of that cause if you could. Uh, to the NFL for a moment. This is this is actually an interesting, interesting thought from Ravens head coach John Harbaugh. He's been talking a lot about the, the paranoia he has, the fears he has that as everything moves to these technological distancing uh, meetings on Zoom or, or Hangout or Skype or whatever they're utilizing, the, the idea that, first of all, coaches are by nature paranoid. They believe that everybody and everyone is trying to steal their plays and steal their playbook and their schemes and their formations and their roster information and somehow get an edge on them. They, they think that some uh, radio reporter showing up at spring practice is then going to sell some kind of goods to another team, another coach that will cost them a game later. It's, it's equal parts to me uh, silly that they're that paranoid, but also equally justified because they, they're such high stakes with these, yes, most of the time high-paying jobs, but it could be gone like that. And so I, I don't blame them any more than I do blame them, if that makes sense for being paranoid. But John Harbaugh is uh, convinced that there's going to be a breach of security that as he shares his team's playbooks and does these meetings and shares proprietary information with his team, someone's going to be able to hack in and get that information. And anytime he sees a story where this has happened, he's constantly texting the Ravens IT department saying, see, this is a big concern. Hopefully we'll be okay. I really wouldn't want the opposing coaches to have our playbook or our draft meetings. That would be preferable if we can stay away from that. Uh, the IT department keeps assuring him, no, we're safe, we're protected, we're encrypted, we'll be all right. GM Eric DaCosta is, has joked about the Harbaugh is being too concerned about cracks in today's uh, technology communications. But look, this is, a, this is not to be completely laughed away. 
this could be a real uh, addendum uh, to, the, to all this saga is as these teams move to online workouts, online film study, online, uh, he, he, John Harbaugh mentioned the, the draft workouts and uh, uh, studies and examinations they're doing as a team and scouting, that all these things could end up uh, someday down the line. There could be that 30 for 30, what if I told you? And you see all these teams hacking into the other team's systems to see what they're talking about, to see what they're doing, and plan accordingly to try and get an edge that way. I don't think it's ridiculous. We've seen the Patriots for years try to try and succeed at times to videotape illegally the other team's sideline, to get their signals, to get their plays. We know about Deflategate. We know about all the, the Houston Astros ridiculously went from a 50-win team to two seasons later winning the World Series, and we all know how they did that now. It's not – nothing is beyond the reach of a, of a professional sports organization when there's so much on the line. It's rare that you have an organization like the Utah Jazz that would never be caught doing anything like this. They would never entertain the idea of doing something like this. But I don't blame them or anybody else, John Harbaugh included, since he's the one bringing it up, if for being paranoid, for being protective, for taking extra measures to make sure that their stuff is safeguarded. Any of us out there, we don't want anyone breaking into our bank account. That, that is, 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 in fact, Brian Regan, my favorite comedian ever, had this joke about when a little kid sees a balloon leave their hand and fly to the sky and they're freaking out over it. He said that he compared that to a mom and dad seeing their wallet just float up into the sky and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, our bank account is as vital to our livelihood as John Harbaugh's playbook is to him. So I don't blame anyone for being a little worried about this. Uh, I would actually venture a guess to say there will be stuff that falls out from this down the in the years to come. And it's just, I don't know what else to do about it. You can't be in a room with each other right now. This is, this is how it's going to have to be. Baseball and their idea to try and start play in May in Arizona. Now, this, of course, has come with quite the controversy, quite the backlash and feedback that's come their way. They've tried their best to spin it, to control it, to say, oh, no, this is just a concept idea right now. This is not a in uh, hardened black ink that this is happening to move all the teams to Arizona and start play in May. But I don't believe them when they say this was just an idea that somehow got floated. I think this is their number one idea right now. Not saying it is happening or that they absolutely have this in motion already, but I don't think this was just one of the brainstormed ideas that they threw up on a whiteboard somewhere. I think this is probably their number one idea. And look, if they did this without the quote-unquote all-clear call from the health officials in our country, that would be a terrible, horrific mistake for them to do that. I, I, I know that baseball, we mentioned just a moment ago, the Astros situation, they're not the best at handling big drama. They're not the best at uh, making the right decisions when a big decision is needed. I would really hope and pray that they would put a pause on starting play with or without crowds, frankly, until this thing is a little more under control and obviously more safe. Now, I'm also of the opinion that we don't need to wait forever for these things to start back up. I think that there's going to be this natural fear or hesitancy rather to start these things back up because just how much this pandemic and rightfully so is weighing on all of our minds these days. 
But when that all clear comes, when the officials who are trained and experts in that area say you can do A if you do B, then we need to go trust them and do A to then go do B. If they say you can have a baseball game, but there can only be 20 people in the stadium, do it. If it doesn't get televised or radio broadcast, sorry. But at least the season's going. We'll get the reports from the SID or whatever, uh, the the PR team uh, for each team, and that is something. But we do need to get it going as soon as it is safe to get it going. I don't want to see everybody waiting for the next person to say, all right, we'll be the first to do it. And I like what Adam Silver said on that call last week with all the commissioners when he said the NBA is interested in being the one to lead out of this. Uh, And I think that's great. I think it will take someone with guts to say, all right, we're all a little uh, scared. We're all a little um, uh, inundated, and it's it's, uh, absorbed into our minds, the pandemic and the fears and the precautions. But now is the time to move out of this and move forward with strength and courage when that time comes, I'd like to see that happen. Would it be in May? <laughs> Who wouldn't pray for that to be the case? I think this is optimistic by baseball, but I do think it is their number one option right now because, frankly, May is next. So if their number one option has to be what's coming next. But if it is that they're just going to do this anyway, healthcare uh, professionals be damned, then they're going to hopefully get what's coming to them karma-wise, and uh, hopefully none of us will ever stop talking about it and never let them off the hook for it. And then along those lines, Notre Dame Athletic Director uh, Jack Swarbrick saying that uh, he is opposed to football games being played with nobody in the stadium. Uh, He said, quote, I don't see a model where we play at least any extended number of games in facilities where we don't have fans. College football is about the cheerleaders and the band and the campus environment on game day. We're interested in solutions that allow us to have a traditional game day experience, close quote. Uh, Mr. Swarbrick, come on. While it's fun, and it is the uh, one of the, the biggest reasons we all love sports, especially college football, is the pageantry, is the tailgating, is the, uh, if you, he said the cheerleaders and the band and, and the traditions. Yes, 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 that stuff does matter. That stuff is fun. That stuff is important to the absolute best case scenario. But reality is, You might get to a point where they allow a football game to be played with X number of people there, no fans. Are you really telling me that just because it's going to cost you a few extra bucks to have an empty stadium and yet have to have the the lights on or whatever it will take to to pave for this football game to carry on, you're telling me that that is not worth it to you? Then it's not about football, Jack. Just come out and say the truth, which is the truth, and you know, you could crit- I could criticize him for this, and I will. I could also understand why he would be this way, and I will, and I do. It's about the money. An athletic director's job is to make sure that financially his athletic program is safe, is solid, is in good standing, so that these things can carry on. Jack Swarbrick, yeah, you want to make sure that the money's there so that Notre Dame Athletics can do what it's supposed to do and carry on the cause and the mission of the school and be a powerhouse in whatever sport you want to fill in the blank there. That is your job. You're right. You are in charge of making sure financially the school's athletic program is fine. But coinciding with that, it is also your job to make sure that these games get played, period. 
Make sure that the, the student's eligibility is not wasted. Make sure that the coaches that you're paying uns, uh, obscene amounts of money already do their job that you're paying them to do. You're going to have to pay them anyway, so why not pay them to do their job? You, you, I don't like the idea of, well, because this is what I was talking about just a moment ago with baseball. I'm afraid that we'll get to a point where everyone says, okay, it's safe now to go play, and the money that it's going to cost to play all of these sports all at once for example, or, 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 or whatnot. I'm afraid that someone like Jack Swarbrick, to use him as an example here, might look at the dollars, might look and say, actually, it'd be better if we just not have a season. We don't have to pay for anyone to travel. We don't have to hire, uh, we don't have to pay for the charters, the hotels, the, the, school, the buses, the meals, on and on and on and on and on. We don't have to do any of that if we don't have a season. If we are cleared health-wise to play a season of college football, get it done period. Notre Dame's AD, Jack Swarbrick, and otherwise, do not hide behind dollars. Now, it's easy for me to sit here and say that is not my job to make sure that you don't spend your, your uh, program into oblivion. But I also don't want you to sit and be afraid or use this as uh, we're doing, we're taking the high ground. We're being morally responsible. We're not going to play because we don't, you know, there's still the pandemic out there. Well, if the pandemic has been declared safe, go play, take the financial bath, and let's move on with our lives. That's just my opinion. I know. Uh, it, my opinion doesn't matter. I'm the EP. I'm not the AD. But hey. That's just how I feel about it. Let me know uh, what you think. This is the EP Podcast. I'm Austin Horton. You can get me on Twitter, at Austin Horton. And uh, thank you for listening and tuning in every day to the Zone Sports Network. Again, we'll get through this. We'll have sports back before you know it. Life will be back to normal and better than ever before because none of us are going to take a single fresh air breath uh, breath of fresh air for granted none of us are going to take just a uh, a few moments uh, with a, a loved one who we aren't able to see in this quarantine time for granted again none of us will take a preseason nfl game for granted me number one on the list there i i, I think the nfl preseason is terrible i'm a baseball fan spring training's way too long trust me i am tired of watching marble races on youtube to get my adrenaline fix for watching sports on television taken care of i will never again take any of this for granted and uh you know i, I just want to say to all of you who have been impacted my dear friends and, and, and close ones that have been impacted as well i, I love you uh, I, I pray for you i'm here for you and i'm here with you and uh, circumstance may not match exactly yours but we're all a part of the human race and the human race will fail or succeed together on this thing and uh, please reach out. I'm at Austin Horton. If you have anything I can do, if you have a criticism, let me know. I don't care. Let me know. I take any feedback you got. This has been the first edition of the EP podcast. Hopefully, I'm hoping to do one of these every day right here for the Zone Sports Network. Talk to you soon. And please be good to each other. Time now for the laugh of the day. Ha 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 ha. A coffee shop in Shimokin is closed following an arson over the weekend. Police say a teenager is responsible for all that damage. Newswatch 16's Nikki Cries joins us live from the central Pennsylvania newsroom with more tonight. Nikki? 
Yellow tape surrounds the Dunkin' Donuts on West Sunbury Street in Shimokin. The popular donut shop is closed until further notice because of extensive fire damage. People miss their local hangout and hope Dunkin' Donuts reopens soon here in Shimokin. There's a lot of people that's definitely going to miss it, no doubt about it. Now I have to rely on myself to go to maybe a Turkey Hill or something where I don't like their donuts. I'd rather the donuts at Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm kind of dealing with it, but... I really miss Dunkin' Donuts. I go there every day. I get a chicken baker croissant or I get some coffee, Powerade if I'm dehydrated. I sit there all the time. If I have any like legal work that I need to do, I go there. I meet with my attorneys there. I'm going to miss that place when it, if it don't open up. And a lot of my friends go in there, get the cold coffee, well, iced coffee, I guess it's called. Cheap, classy place to meet up. It's a location where you can meet up with your friends. It's the only thing this town has. 